0: Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to the Talking Rock podcast. I'm doing so many of these podcasts that I have to uh, try to remember which, which one is which. So this is Talking Rock, and it is with Joey Haney, and Joey is down in Texas, and I really enjoyed the last episode I'd listened to of your podcast, Rock Strikes 10, always fun hearing your picks, some of the best music of of 2020 that, what's that guy's name, Bob Mold? Mold, is that how you say it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. what a great, tr- yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I've Husker Du is, this is a track Joey played on his Rock Strikes 10 podcast, one of Bob's new songs and I mean, I know kind, a little bit about Husker Du, but not much, but man, what a great uh, track. I mean, that was so refreshing and exciting to hear and that's one of the reasons I love Listening to Rock Strikes Ten because it usually turns me on to to stuff I I may have missed. So yeah, thank you for that, Joey.
1: Oh, well, thank you, Mark. That means a lot. You're 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 the man, and I love your all of your shows. So that that means especially that makes my week. So thanks again for oh, listening. Yeah. Absolutely,
0: so. absolutely. And I did want to mention that I'm doing a newsletter now that goes out uh, every Friday, and. I am looking for it. I just kind of wanted to. I gave you a big shout out in it, Joey. I just, <laughs> I just sent it to you. And some of the things I went over in the the email that goes out again every Friday. This would be the one we did today on on uh, January twenty ninth. Is I mentioned uh, my Frankie Benelli interview uh, that got picked up by. Actually, it was my Alex Grossi interview that got picked up by Blabbermouth, where he talks about Frankie Benelli. And previously, I had thought that Alex, who is the guitar player of Quiet Riot and Hookers and Blow, had kind of said, oh yeah, Frankie was cool with us continuing on without him. But one thing I got out of the interview that I did recently with Alex was, there wasn't any formal discussion that was like, okay, Frankie, you're going to die and Quiet Riot is going to keep going that is something that Alex said never happened it was kind of the way Alex explained it was it was more assumed that they were going to continue on without him so I don't know man it's like I, Mm. I go back and forth on this stuff now Quiet Riot I have to admit that if they were playing down the street from my house I might go but I don't I don't really know that I'm going to be ready to A, pay money and B, drive anywhere too far to see essentially a cover band. Now you could say, well, Chuck Wright, he has a history with a band. He actually played on the song Metal Health, even though Rudy Sarzo was in the video. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you think he played on two songs on that Metal Health record and Right, many other Quiet Riot records since he's done some work on, but but still, I I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of feel like I you know with Foreigner, it's it's weird because I've seen Foreigner twice, and yeah. I saw them once, and and Mick Jones was not there, and I right. was kind of like, what 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 is this? You know, even though I love <laughs> Jeff Pilson and. and the singer of Kelly, what's his name? Kelly something. Um, Kelly Hansen. Yeah, Kelly Hansen. Uh, They're great, but it's just like, I was just like, this is, this is a cover band and 80% of the audience doesn't realize it. That was what I... Yeah. But the second time I saw Foreigner, Mick Jones was on stage and granted he wasn't ripping the licks like he used to, but just the fact that he was up there and doing some yeah. playing and his guitar was actually plugged in and he was you know just there in in the flesh yeah. gave me a whole different feel to it you know i was just like okay this works this works for yeah, me exactly. now But Quiet Riot without Frankie Benelli, I I don't know. At first, I had a hard time without even Kevin, you know, but... but...
1: (laughs) Right. I mean, it's a hard sell when it's just the drummer. I hate to say it that way, but that is kind of a reality of things. Yeah. And then I saw him at M3 last
0: year, 2019, over over a year ago and they were great they were great i really loved that set and it's something i spoke with alex about in my interview it's also something i'll be uh speaking i technically already spoke with james durbin about and he's on the very next episode of talking metal and they both remembered that show being something real special but you know it's just like i don't know i don't know like where do you draw the line joey
1: yeah, I mean, ooh, that's a toughie. It's, you know, I, I put like Foreigner and Journey like in those pocket of bands. They all come from that particular era where it's really just all about the song. And I feel that, like I've talked about this before, I feel like the personality of just Kevin Debro on the surface, the the personality and voice of Kevin Debro is pretty irreplaceable in that band as far as my opinion of them go. Yeah. You know, and I know that they had problems with him. I know even when he was in the band, they had problems problems with them even after you know like long after like the 90s into the 2000s and stuff like that he was always a problem I get it but it's like a Vince Neil a difficult Steven personality yeah for sure yeah but uh, and just a dick I mean was, you know, I remember Pierce even back issues. in the
0: day the guy was a dick I mean I remember <laughs> loving his music and as a, as a teenager that Robin Crosby a rat when they were doing in store record signings rat for out of the cellar Robin Crosby yep. would sign the front of the record Out of the Cellar And he'd turn the record over yep. This is a true story And he'd cross out Kevin Dubrow's name Off the uh, special thanks <laughs> That's that's a true story <laughs> that. And that was because wow. the, the acoustic guitar that you hear on The Out of the Cellar version Of the song Back for More Is Kevin Dubrow's 12 string And he wow. loaned them that But then when the record came out, he was like, yeah, rat they they suck, you know? And, Ooh. and so that's, you just don't do that. You know, he, he seemed yeah. very threatened, very insecure. And there's some of these people who hurt their own career. Angve is one of them uh, that, oh, yeah, that would, sure. they would be a lot more famous if they just were cool dudes. I mean, sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that, too. And and the, even the fact that, like, they're, you know, they're bread and butter for all intents purposes, you know, especially for the public perception is Slade covers. And it, Kevin has slagged off Slade and Naughty Holder many times, you know, like I'm in no way influenced by that band. Fuck him, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know. He always pivots like, you know, I'm more of a Steve Marriott or Rod Stewart guy. Okay, that's fine if you are, but like, you know, I wouldn't be trashing those guys because, you know, I know in his mind he probably thinks he gave them a career. That's probably the real sickness of it all, Uh, you know, but yeah, it's it stinks and. I just, like, it's like Sebastian Bach, Vince Neal, Stephen Piercy, I've said it before, irreplaceable voices from pres- questionable people, and it's a sad reality, uh, but that all being said, just on the principle, like, man, it, I would I would believe, and I know this is not going to happen, so I just say this kind of as a joke, I would believe that the current members uh, of Quiet Riot uh, are not in it for the money if they go out and strictly play songs that Chuck Wright played on in the studio. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. And <laughs> there mean, will the, be you, an you element. You Metal Health, but
0: you can't play Come On, Feel the Noise. <laughs> sure. And there will be an element of people that show up to those shows who might just kind of scratch their head and say, oh, I don't know, but maybe one of these guys used to be in the band. I mean, I was reading sure. an interview with... Uh, James Durbin, he doesn't say this during the interview I did with him, but he, he was saying that when Frankie was, was sick and couldn't make shows and John Kelly from Silver Tomb and, and Typo Negative fame was playing shows with them. That sometimes people didn't even realize, even though John Kelly is, is you know, 15, 20 years younger than Frankie Benelli and, and yeah. two feet taller, people would be like, oh, Frankie. And we're actually calling him Frankie. Like, they didn't even know. I mean, so people are clueless. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just I yeah. think I think calling it Quiet Riot is, is a little weird. You know, it's like. Uh, maybe maybe it should be you know in honor of Quiet Riot or something. But then sure. yeah, you know, I, I don't know. And I think Frankie's wife is involved, from what I understand. You know, she is probably the owner of Quiet the Quiet Riot name now. So. Yeah, I mean, you would think She's so. She's got to pay yeah. her bills. She's got to heat the pool. As Sean Penn once told me, when I asked him about some of the more questionable movies he sh- that he's done, he shrugged and he said, "Sometimes you got to heat the pool." You know, so I get, I get it. <laughs> not sometimes you got to put gas in the car, and that's yeah. you got know, you got yeah, yeah, yeah. to heat your house, I, which was just such sure. a, a rich guy Hollywood thing to say, which I loved. You got to heat yeah. the pool, yeah.
1: Yeah. I've been saying that lately in a sense, like I hate when fans like say something about like, you know, like a kiss, for example, like, oh, I bought their house. Or I bought their car. I'm like, no, I paid for a pool cleaning. That's what I did. And right. I, I, I'm cool with that. You know, it's fine.
0: <laughs> right on. I, and uh, this week in the newsletter, I did want to give a shout out. I just do different stuff in the newsletter. So this week, one of the things I did besides hype you, Joey, and uh, yeah. talk about my recent Alex Grossi interview and a, a older Frankie Benelli interview that I did I mentioned three new songs, I'm not talking albums, I'm just talking songs that I just really am digging and I don't even know how you say this band's name Zeal Zeal, and Ardor is the huh. band and they are really really great, the song I love the most is At The Seams that's Z-E-A-L and Ardor A R D O are and the song is at the seams hauntingly brilliant stuff uh, like mm. almost like like spiritual hymn like stuff but meets like a a gothic dark metal thing it's it's really yeah. unique cool stuff green leaf is another band they have a new song out called tides which has a cool music video to it and it's still stoner rock straight up stoner metal really good stuff digging that and the jason beeler song apology i really like that one which features todd latori on on drums and this new york guitar player which i know emily my wife is friends with andy uh i want to say andy black sugar or something but i'm not sure about that (laughs) yeah he's on that song too good stuff three great songs
1: and i'm I'm getting that jason beeler record for sure i've heard of some clips and uh, i know devin townsend's on there too so that's you know i was already going to get it because man it's it, it sounds to me like it sounds to me like some of the more current devin townsend projects meets like my more favorite experimental saigon kick records like water and stuff like that and devil in the details so i am excited about this record for sure yeah
0: and it, it's under the name jason beeler and the baron von bielski orchestra and yeah, yeah it's love it. it's uh it's from what I'm I just bought it on vinyl actually, but I've been listening to it on the streaming services too. So I'm just kind of diving into it. I will say this about it. The first listen, I was a little taken back because it is out there. Like you mentioned Devin Townsend, you definitely feel you're in that world, you're in a Steve Vai, Devin Townsend, you know type of vibe little bits of faith no more and zappa and stuff slip in so it's not it's not like your standard easy listening pop record by any stretch of the imagination it definitely takes risks it's definitely uh pushing the boundaries and it's i would never call it a normal sounding record quite the opposite but it is it is a good listen and again i think apology the song i just mentioned is a good start for um for checking that record out oh songs for the apocalypse i should know that
1: yeah all right yeah i can't wait for that to show up i'm i'm super excited about that i just remember like uh, it's, speaking of we were talking about singers with irreplaceable voices and original right. sounds like jason has got a style on his own like i love that for a guy that's got a ton of influences you cannot pinpoint who this guy sounds like and that's that's a, being a true original right there and i've always dug that about his voice
0: right on cool paul stanley has some new music coming out with the soul station uh, group any have you heard any yeah. of that stuff
1: I've heard a couple of tracks, yeah, and, you know, I, I'm i going to kind of, like, look at it from both ways here. <laughs> I'm going to really attempt to be diplomatic about this, because I love Paul Stanley, and I love soul music. I'm not just saying that as a blanket statement. Like, I had, like, a bit—I've always kind of, you know, leaned into— getting into soul music, like when I was a kid and as a teenager and stuff like that, and you just read about stuff and you want to know about it. And that's that's how I've always been as a music fan. Uh, but I had a real big soul awakening, like in the mid-2000s, like kind of like the last few years uh, I was working in a CD store, and I just bought tons of stuff up, and I just got into so many different things. I really lean towards like Stack's Records, like anything on that label is like aces with me and of course i love a lot of motowns and you know stuff like that obvious stuff stevie wonder motown ladder stuff curtis mayfield all over the place okay so that all being said uh you know it, doing something like this like the blanket statement that's a safe thing to say is this is not going to replace any of the original recordings i don't think that's the intention uh whether or not i wind up liking the record or not uh, at the end of the day I, I'm kind of okay with it being irrelevant, whether I like it or not. I like the idea of I, you know, I you see a lot of I see a lot of shitty Kiss fans online. Let me just cut to the chase here. <laughs> right. I see a lot of like clo- close-minded shitty Kiss fans online, just because that's the fandom bubble I'm in. So I see it and I get disappointed. You know, these are people that'll trash, you know, just other bands covering Kiss songs. You know, they you can't get into this band or that band or whatever. So asking him to do like a hard left and get into soul music, man, I tell you, if just a handful of these guys get out of that bubble and really have a great musical journey by getting into these original songs and going and seeking them out, like you would hope that they do, like the same way I did for The Spaghetti Incident. That's the one ah, I always like to bring right, up. Right. Like, all Good those comparison. bands... I Thank you. Yeah, I was only familiar with a handful of bands on that record, but that album as as trashed as that album gets it's very important to me i did a whole episode about it how it caused me to seek out the originals in those bands and i'm so glad a record like that exists i would not replace any of those versions with the originals at this point but i'm glad it exists because it served a purpose and that's all at the end of the day i hope that soul station does so i'm gonna support it to a point i hope i like it i love paul and eric's on it and I like the idea of it. You know, I don't think this is just I think it's just about doing something fun for these people, you know, so that's really what I hope it does. I hope it opens up people's minds. And I think that's what the intention is here, if I had to guess. Yeah,
0: I think so, too. And I think you are spot on with what you're saying there. And listen, it's Paul Stanley. It's a guy that has given us so much great art. And love, and I don't mean his his paintings because he's given us those too. But I, <laughs> I mean his music <laughs> with the band Kiss. And I have the utmost respect for anything he wants to go do for fun. He doesn't have to release this. He doesn't have to do anything with it. But he's he's he is, and I'm sure he recognizes that. You know, it's it's not going to be on top of the charts or anything like that but it's mm. it's a labor yeah. of love and you got to respect him or have respect for him just doing something that he believes in so big props mm. to him and i think what you're talking about like having people go discover the originals of these songs is is awesome and yeah the the kiss fans man sometimes they're they're a truly a portion of them are a truly close-minded yeah. bunch of individuals on many different levels and i, I don't want to go there
1: today but but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. i but, mean we're both we're saying, both like, kiss they're, fans they're, it's, so it's pocket. yeah yeah exactly it's a pocket of things like it's not everybody i, I i'm not Trying to say I'm better than anybody else I'm just saying some guys need to get out of their kiss rooms And, and hear a few other things Like I did at one point By the time I reached 20 And I'm, I feel like I'm a better music fan Because of it I'm glad I did Right on So,
0: so it's, it's changing gears Joey you mentioned to me Before we started recording here That a band that, that I love Very much but I'm not Up on their every move I will admit I usually go see them when they come through town uh, here and always have a great time and the blue album is one of my favorite albums of all time for sure top 20 I just that album emotionally still moves me i don't know why if it's if it brings me back to times that it got me through you know when i was younger and in my 20s i don't know what what it is about that record but I could probably go into a therapy session with you and try to dissect why that record means so much to me because reasons are popping into my head right now, but we won't go there. But what's going on with Weezer? What's what happened with Weezer?
1: Yeah. And I don't follow every move either, but I know a little bit about what's going on, you know, like I don't dive in, but like, uh, so here's what's, here's what was troubling me basically. So I am not, one to complain about a band being prolific, especially nowadays. I mean, now more than ever and, you know, once again another blanket statement, but music is nice. Music helps us. It always has and uh, this it's a good time to put out good music especially now. So, that being said so, let's rewind back with me here about a year and a half ago so a year and a half ago Weezer announced that they were going to go on a stadium tour uh, co-headlining with Green Day and then uh, Fall Out Boy and the Great Interrupters were going to be opening so you know I was excited about this My wife was does that have a chick singer Interrupters loves all those bands I love most of those bands She's a big, the Interrupters well, usually, Joey the
0: Interrupters is that a female singer
1: yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I,
0: saw, yeah I saw them up at uh, I believe I saw them at a festival up in Canada yeah um, Festival 77 or something. But anyways, yeah, good band, nice. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. and if if, uh, if you people out there, if you've got kids that are into Billie Eilish, they do a great version of Bad Guy, so go look that up. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So they announced this tour, and this is supposedly from some super fans' mouth. Uh, so they were going to put out this record prior to the tour announcement called OK Human, which is obviously a play on Radiohead's OK Computer. By the way, they did cover paranoid Android years ago. That's that's pretty cool too. But Weezer did, yeah. So, like, okay, human was supposed to be a little more artsy and stuff like that. So they since they announced a stadium tour, they're like, well, we don't really have a stadium ready record to put out. And I totally get that. Like Rivers has painted himself as like a Brian Wilson artist type over his career, and I respect that. So. The thing was, they were like, okay, we're not going to put out OK Human now, since we're going to do this stadium tour in summer, good times, rock in a stadium. We're going to put out this album called Van Weezer, which is rock-oriented and party-oriented. And, you know, I was like, great, that's fine, that's awesome. Do that, you know? I mean, you could have done what Princeton, just drop two albums on the same day. That's been done, you can do it again, but, yeah, it's fine. Shelve a record, put another one out for a certain time, and then I'll put the other one out, like, next year or something like that. So I was like, okay, cool. And this is pre-pandemic right because obviously we bought our we did a thing where you know I don't know what you call this thing like a 360 deal or whatever now so now you can like and another thing that Prince started <laughs> you can buy the ticket and now you can do a thing where it pays for you get a bundle and you pay for the ticket Okay. you also get a record on top of it and a, and a sh- shirt you know you can opt in to your different options but we went full bundle two tickets of physical record uh, download in a shirt. Okay. Nice. So we spent the money for that, and that's fine. You know, I was like, "Hey, goods and services support your bands," and I, I'm a big proponent of that. Uh, so, you know, pandemic happens, tour gets delayed. Fine. We could go into a whole thing about not refunding money for tickets, but we're not going to. We understand the reality of things here. Uh, so my whole thing was like, "Okay," and I, I, you know, I do get the idea of like bands that don't want to put out records since they can't you know promote it on tour i understand that side of things but and i i do not want to come off as entitled here not because i'm afraid of coming off as entitled i just don't believe i am here uh basically you had your fan base crowd fund a record and now it's been a year and a half and you haven't delivered on that record and you know of course i said this as genteelly as I could on social media, you know how far that gets you sometimes. Yeah, I said I said that this morning. I got trashed by a handful of people. Some people understood what I was trying to say because, you know, I'm a fan of these guys. I love Maladroit. You know, I love the White Album. I love albums that we're not just supposed to love automatically. You know. And so I, I understand. You know, I'm just like, dude. I'm I'm your ally here in this. If you paid for this record, I'm not. I don't want to talk to streamers because you didn't pay for this record. Um, but you know, I crowdfunded a record. Imagine if you just crowdfunded a record a year and a half ago and you don't have it yet by now. Like, what is you know? Yeah. That's what I'm saying here. And I, I don't think I'm being an asshole here, especially now that they've announced. Okay, Human is dropping. They dropped it digitally as of this recording today and they're now selling a pre-order for the new album that is supposedly going to be out in just a few weeks. And so that means, okay, Human will now come out prior to Van Weezer, but they've taken the money for Van Weezer. So that's where we're at. And I thought that was kind of bullshit, honestly. As much as I'm a fan of this band, I'm not going to defend a shitty move like that. I think that's wrong. I think fans, some fans are just blind to things like that and it's unfortunate and maybe these are just people that aren't out of their house yet and right paying their own bills right <laughs> so i was just like i'm trying to be a realist here i'm not trying to be a dick um that that to me i even made a joke about if he wants to be brian wilson so bad now i know what it feels like to be capital records and funding smile and getting smiley smile instead
0: <laughs> right on right on yeah it's uh the 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 whole thing with these like crowdfunding and like things, I forget the other one, or GoFundMe uh, Go, Go yeah. and all that type of stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah the band, <sighs> I mean, they were, not Bandcamp, um, but the one that went out of business. Yeah. Like, I'm already trying to forget their name. <laughs> yeah. They,
0: I've done a couple of them, and it's always like, like, I remember I did one for, like, this uh, documentary, I won't mention any names, but it was just like, it took me years to get what they had promised and yeah. that also had to be me emailing them and it just took so freaking long. And yeah. I, I think, um, you know, given your, your money up front to somebody who isn't really of business mind and, you know, sometimes the labels weren't all bad, you know, the labels did, yeah. did do some things that, that, helped you know they knew how to run a business I don't I don't expect mm-hmm. you know musicians to also be able to run their business let them just make music you know so but yeah I hear what you're saying Yeah, you know? uh, but I, I don't know I don't know
1: is it is uh so, so, so yeah like they said Van Weezer it's like relax it's gonna be out in May and I'm like, right so
0: because I've been here I, I, like have, I said I'm not following half, it but I've been hearing about huh. Van Weezer forever
1: yeah it still doesn't exist. Like three songs exist, but you know, I'll stream, but like like I said, I wanna support. I wanna I wanna pay for physical media. I wanna appreciate the art and do the whole thing. If that makes me sound like an entitled douche, then that's your opinion. But like I said, I paid a year and a half ago for a record that's still not in my hands. Yeah, it's it's shitty enough to crowdfund a record where people can buy it on Amazon and at best buy at one point. Before you even get yours, and I've had that happen to me a handful of times too, and I think that's terrible, because otherwise, you know, like, what's the point? Yeah, you know, an upcharge for to get it late—that's <laughs> basically what those things do when they do that. And I don't know if the the artists, some of them may not even realize that. But I, to be fair, I have crowdfunded some records where you could tell that care and love was put into the packaging. And put into making sure the fans get it at a reasonable time. I've seen that happen too on the other side of things. You know, I'll you know, I'll be happy to name those artists off at some point. I'll make a list. Some of them do it great, but this was a big fail, in my opinion. And it, it, just right on the surface, it's really taken the taste out of my mouth for both of these new albums. Yeah. Like I, I hope I love them because I'm a fan, but I just think this was absolute crap. Yeah. That uh they would take money for something and not deliver it obviously there's a there's a finalized track listing for this record that doesn't exist that they have money for that's what i'm saying it exists they're just holding it i got you so yeah it's awful huh yeah
0: yeah it's uh believe me i've heard these stories over and over again about m- many different bands and all, all i can say people is is just be careful about giving your money up front to any yeah. any band. I mean that's what it's come down to and I'm sure there's some that deliver and are great with it but there's no guarantees. So yeah. yeah. All right, I'm we'll just
1: start doing start doing walk up tickets for the rest of my life. I'm just going to do right on <laughs> like the, like the old stereotype walk up business.
0: <laughs> right on. Cool. I did want to end with Twitter um, it's it's amazing Twitter. You know, I've been on it f- since I guess like two thousand eight or something crazy. It's been on there a long, long time. Uh, maybe even here. Can I tell how long I've been on? Maybe even longer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've been on there forever. It could be two thousand seven. I you know when Twitter started, I, I was on there shortly after that. And it's it's really been upsetting to me because I have ten thousand followers, and a lot of the is because ace freely follows me which is actually ace has never been on twitter in his life it's actually john astronomy running ace's twitter account but yeah um and i think mike portnoy at one point was following me i don't know if he still does but there's been a few a few people like that and that that's helped yep. bring in bring up my numbers but you know it's always been upsetting to me when i through the years would be like check out my new interview with devin townsend on episode you know 538 of the talking metal podcast and i would get yeah. one like you know yeah. ta- oh, you t- yeah. tag devin townsend he didn't he doesn't even like it you know I, i'm just
1: <laughs> right
0: and yeah, and no, i, 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 I D- devin I may have liked it i'm just using that's the first sure. name that popped into my head so nothing yeah, yeah, against yeah. him we talked about him earlier yeah right so <laughs> The thing is I finally Like within the last year I've kind of figured out Twitter Because I've seen like You know Mitch Lafon And these other people Like putting out stuff And they get like You know 40 responses And you know 70 likes And stuff You know what it's all about It's no one cares About You telling them About You It seems like They all want to Have their voice heard so yesterday, you know, I put up which album is better, which Queens like Rage for Order or Operation Mind Crime. The band's oh, yeah. best two albums in my opinion, which is better. And there there are 60 responses. Yeah, 47 likes. I, yeah. I can't believe it, you know. And and meanwhile, I put up a picture of my dog and I get two likes, you know. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that that is exactly how it is. I you give them a voice, you know, give them an inch and they'll take a mile, uh but Uh, having free media, I, I have, I've, I've made the joke for years now that I found a, a a business model, quote unquote business model where I can't give stuff away for free. Right. (laughs) And that's, uh, that's, that's where we're at.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So So...
1: people I've known people I've known since, you know, people I've known since I was 10 years old, (laughs) they don't listen to my show. Right. But some really kick-ass people from Australia you are my people, yeah. and you are my true friends apparently <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: right on right on and somebody t- told me they listened to your show recently and I gave them your email did they ever respond did they ever reach out uh, I don't
1: I don't believe so but right. we, i I get most most of the people that follow me or found my show is definitely through you so oh, I really always cool. appreciative of that so it could it could be a number of people so yeah. If you're listening to this episode of Talking Rock, then you're definitely friends of both of us, so let me know if that's who we're talking about. <laughs> right, right on.
0: So what I put on Twitter today, this morning, yesterday was the Queen's right thing, today was, and I'll read you some of these responses just to take us out, because I'd like to hear yours. Um, sure. Let's see. Name three guitar players who change the way we hear music. Game changers. First names that pop into your head. Now, I, ha- I clarified this later when I started seeing a lot of the responses. These aren't your favorite guitar players. These are, right, they exactly. could be, they could be, but these are guitar yeah. players who changed the p- path of guitar playing. Um, yeah. For me, off the top of my head, Muddy Waters, I mean, I've heard numerous people tell me Muddy Waters invented le- electricity. You know, the first guy to plug his guitar in, the first known right. guy uh jimmy hendrix eddie van halen mm-hmm. eddie yeah. van halen oh. p- one of my favorite guitar players for sure i the, the other two I, I like a lot but but probably not my favorite favorites randy rhodes would be one of my favorites you know but th- those sure. are three guys off the top of my head that took guitar playing to a new level uh, expanded the boundaries of of how we hear music, uh, what sure. any off the top of your head, no wrong answers, Joey, who do you think?
1: Sure. You matched the uh, two of my three that I would have said like the first three that immediately popped in my mind were Eddie Van Halen, Hendrix. And I was going to say Les Paul actually. right on Les Paul. Absolutely. Um, That's the correct answer in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're all favorites. Honestly, um, people should go reference Les Paul. Um, yeah. And you know, I'd put Zappa on my list too. You know, if it was called the uh, Les Paul Award for three innovative guitar players or something. Uh, But yeah, so, uh, yeah, I would go with that, honestly. Yeah. Les Paul, Eddie Van Halen, Hendrix. Because, you know, like Vi said, if Hendrix hadn't done what he did in the 60s, we probably would have gone back to the acoustic guitar.
0: Right on. Yep. So I will say other names that pop into my head, Chuck Berry, Robert Johnson, you know, people like (laughs) that. Um, Oh, did Bo Diddley, for sure. Jason said, Chuck Berry, Jimi Hendrix, Van Halen. I think that's a a great answer, Jason. Yeah. Um, Metal Dad said, Eddie Van Halen, Jimi Hendrix, Blackmore. I don't know about Blackmore. I mean, Blackmore, amazing, but I think there's a lot of other people who took it to further places than he did. Did he push the boundaries a little bit? Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. But sure do yeah. classical type stuff, but Django Reinhardt is on your list if you're going to put Ingve on your list. Like, you know, whether it's uh, Momstein Black. Sorry, I meant Bla- I meant to say Blackmore. Right. Black, whether it's Blackmore, Momstein, or Rhodes, they incorporated that classical style. But you know, give it to like Django Reinhardt. That's the guy that actually made that happen. You know, something right. like that. Right. See, to me, <laughs> out of the out of like
0: anyone Angve really did move it ahead but again no one I think is is saying Engve on this list that I mean there, right. and there's dozens and dozens of responses here's one I won't say who it is but Iomi Eddie van Halen ace freely I... I Dude, I love Ace freely but <laughs> sure. did he do did he move the needle one bit as far as guitar playing goes? I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he, I didn't, mean, he
1: didn't move the needle. He he was an influencer, but he didn't move the needle. Yes. There I, you he go. would probably he would even tell you that, too. Like he would be like, no, man, like somebody like Pete Townsend did that. You know, right. He would absolutely say that He he would be mad at people for saying yeah. him. I feel like he would.
0: <laughs> Another person said Ace Frehley, Eddie Van Halen, Dimebag. I mean, I I'm dime, sorry,
1: Dimebag would have a problem with that too. He put he'd want to put Bugs Henderson on his list, right? You know, not himself.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Dimebag is interesting because, obviously, a just tremendous player and, and great, well, yeah. guy, yeah. but. It's so funny, like, how when somebody dies, they're just put on that pedestal. And I get it. I get sure. it. But, I mean, it, it cracked like, me up that that I was reading a quote from Dave Mustaine a couple years ago where he was just praising Dimebag and Pantera. But yet, when Pantera first came out... He was one of those guys who was like, ah, oh, these guys have no originality. I should get, uh, you know, James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich and I should have songwriting credit on these these Pantera <laughs> songs. We invented this." And that's what he was saying about Pantera yeah. when when Vulgar Display of
1: Power came out. You know, um, Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Sustaine said a lot of things and he gets to blame it on chemical dependency, so. Yeah. Right. Right. Anyways, interesting a, list. You
0: know, somebody said Les Paul, Jimi Hendrix, Van Halen. You know, oh, here's yeah. an Angve. You know, Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen, and Angve. And I mean, I will argue that Angve did expand the boundaries of guitar playing. Sure. I just think Yeah, but
1: so did, so did Michelangelo.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Well you know you know what I'm saying, though. Like, right. it's like these are all these are all Eddie disciples. Yeah, and but Angve I d- I feel like
0: As as somebody who was living through that moment, he was somebody that really made everybody go whoa. That's something different. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. And and like I'm I'm a big huge Vi fan, but and he makes me go whoa, and still does and did. But I can I can find like the three other branches that lead to him. Yeah, but I think I think even
0: more so than Vi to me Angve you know, took it somewhere else. He he did and, and really opened it up to taking things technically to another level.
1: Sure. And, and, and I'm, I'm just saying that because I would 10 out of 10 times rather listen to, uh, an album that Steve I played on or his solo albums versus ingvay for the same reason, unless we're talking Alcatraz, then it's a push. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, somebody wrote, Chuck there. never
0: gets any love. Great choices. Hard to argue. Yeah. So, anyways, a lot, of, uh, it just amazes me how when you ask people their opinion, and we got some great answers here. I don't mean to slag anybody's answers because sure, there's sure. no wrong uh-huh. answers. There's no wrong answers. But, um, <laughs> and I'm trying to go through and like every one of them to acknowledge that yeah, I've read them.
1: Because, like, my favorite guitar player of all time is either Eddie or Prince, you know, and it's right. probably tied for first, honestly. But, i can find you know hendrix you know (laughs) i I keep going i keep hating i'm going back to hendrix but there's so many other people that led to him doing his thing right and prince definitely influenced people but you know and he is an innovator but he didn't change electric guitar so much and that's that's to your momstein argument he pushed that boundary for sure but he didn't move the needle like you said and that's that's what I was that's why I immediately thought of those three names and yeah absolutely yeah yeah maybe yeah it is funny that people, people love to vote online yeah they, they don't you know I could make a joke about not wanting to show up in person sometimes but people love giving their opinions and you know when it, it serves something fun like this I think it's great but at the same time you know I, I think this kind of harkens back to another full circle thing where I say if you love a band support them and buy their stuff it's this, it works the same way with social media. Like I, I follow a lot of stand-up comedians and I'm a big fan of even modern standup comedy, as well as the classics. And the ones nowadays, they're not They're Some of them are, yeah, they're putting out records, but the way they make money is through shows and uh, bands are like this too. The way that these independent artists are booked whenever there are shows again, uh, the difference between them getting booked and not getting booked for shows promoters actually now go on social media and see how much interaction they have how many likes they have uh, so they want people that will show up to see them right and if you're not if you're not liking everything and you're not sharing things like on a consistent basis then promoters will look the other way and yeah. you know on this low level of what we do compared to what they do there is a difference there you know so you know take that extra second to help out like hit the like hit the share if especially if we ask you to Means it's probably an important post that we want you to hear about. Like, I work a month long on, you know, a couple of parts of a best of show because, you know, not just, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of ego there, but I want people to hear it. I'm sick of my friends saying there's no good music out there. Okay. I made you the show (laughs) to give you some reference and you're still not listening to it. You'd rather bitch about (laughs) there not being good music instead of actually listening to a show that features new music that's really all i'm getting at so right yeah just read it's like people don't read articles that they share read the article (laughs) right read the post (laughs) right interact with the post that's all i'm trying to say you know dial your dial your interest down on your facebook or your twitter take out some follows take out some likes and then you know be hardcore with the things that you know contribute the most right i don't know yeah and i'll end End with with
0: I'll end with this, unless you had any other topics you wanted to cover today, Joy. No, I'm spent. Yeah, uh, Joel Hoekstra of White Snake fame uh, unfollowed me on on Twitter this week, um, which is just like, whenever that happens, it's like, okay, what what happened now? What did what did I say? What did I do? A long time ago, I, I mentioned that the mix of the last White Snake record was atrocious, which I don't think that was you know rocket science on on my part it sounded absolutely awful but uh yeah. so i i like i'm like is he upset that i said that on youtube you know a year and a half ago or you know i don't know i'm always like like wondering hmm. why he you know continues to follow emily and you know mitch lafon but i got i got the ass, so i i don't know it's it's, uh i guess you shouldn't take it personally
1: yeah i mean i guess uh i mean i missed the thing where he produced and engineered the album too but who knows (laughs) did he the last white snake record no right no i'm i mean you know but i'm just saying like that's that's the one you should take offense (laughs) right right yeah (laughs) it's like 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 Jason Newstead should not take offense to and justice for all from the fans. He should take offense to, you know, the producer. <laughs> yeah, right on. That's all.
0: <laughs> so, anyways, they reached out to me this week and said, uh, the day after he unfollows me on Twitter, I get an email from the public from his publicist, uh, which is just freaking hilarious. Saying, "Are you interested in interviewing Joel Hoekstra?" <laughs> uh, I, and they mentioned a couple other names. They were like, "I got Billy Shearwood, Joel Hoekstra, and who is the other one?" Oh, uh, what's the the uh, or, what's her name? The pretty girl who plays guitar, Ori, or, Orianthi or yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I, and I was like, "Yeah," an Orianthi and Billy Sherwood But I I think I'm gonna. I said, being that Joel Hoekstra unfollowed me on Twitter yesterday, maybe I shouldn't be interviewing him. Which uh, yeah, so, There uh, you go.
1: Yeah, good choice. Good choices, right?
0: <laughs> Who knows? But anyways, yeah, let's wrap it up here, and uh, we will um, connect soon, I'm sure, for another episode of Talking Rock. Always fun hanging with you, Joey. I guess we end these with a, a song, right?
1: Yeah. You got one? Go ahead. Top of hmm. your head.
0: Um, let's end with the song that I mentioned earlier. Green Leaf is the... The band. I don't know anything about these guys except somebody sent this to me and I hit play and I loved the the sound of it. There's also the visuals in the music video are very cool too. And the song is called Tides, kind of stoner rock, hard rock, metal vibe to it. Uh, you know, lo-fi type of vibe. Love this song and look forward to learning more about Green Leaf. And again, the song is Tides. That's what we're going to end with today. Thanks, Joey.
1: Absolutely, Mark, and thanks again.